Not Quite Cool is a podcast that contains spoilers, opinions, and general nonsense. Listener discretion is advised. Point is, I'm a dick bag and I shouldn't have killed the snake. Normally, I take them out. I got bitten by a snake maybe three months ago, just on the ankle, like a little bitty tiny snake. And I grabbed it by the head and took it somewhere. But this one, I, I guess just because it was so big and in my rabbits, I'm cutting all of this out from the podcast, by the way, but in my rabbits like area, I don't know. It just freaked me out. I just went into reaction mode and I wish I would have, I don't know. I, I just feel so bad for the poor little guy. I'm going to go like donate to a snake foundation or something when this is over. Um, try to clean. Should I'm not letting you off the hook with this one? Nor should you. Like of all the things I've done, this is the worst of all the things I've done. Look who I'm fucking talking to. I'm basically talking to the the fucking Mussolini of my kitchen who just comes and destroys everything. Anyway, um, <laughs> your kitchen to a snake. Everything I eat in your food is everything I eat is already dead in your kitchen. Yeah, touche. What if Keith would have killed the snake, then ate it? Would then that be okay? No, because Keith didn't need to kill the snake to eat it. Like, gotcha. you know what I'm saying, if he was starving and hunting and living off the land, oh, gotcha. Then you know, then okay, you know, one I of those things. You meant I, I should eat the snake while it was alive, and I thought that was worse than. I, I would watch that just to see. <laughs> you know, I, would, I would make an exception just to watch. I mean, technically, that's what the snake's trying to do to you. Absolutely. And 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 this is the only time I will ever say, Progo's right. I could have done something else. I just reacted the wrong way and killed a snake. Uh, and oh, funny how I got over there tomorrow and there was like a little garden snake, but a huge <laughs> up inside of it. It's just, it's a shape of Keith, like inside of it. It's like a, a bad guy's trailer or whatever. That snake's got all of them in his, it's huge. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that uh, bad guys thing, but we are here to talk about some of the things that we have seen and welcome to not quite cool. My name's Keith and I'm here with some other people who aren't cool either. Uh, in the background uh, on one screen, I can see a bunch of Funko Pops horror movie collections. It looks like Chad Dowdy owns those horror Funko Pops. Chad, how are you doing today? Doing good. Yep, that's me. You know, I have the uh, Funko stuff. There's no way Rob has toys in his house. Well, I got toys, just nothing I can show. <laughs> gross, gross, gross. I was wondering what that vibrating noise was. Uh, speaking of a dildo, Rob Brogo is here with us. Might be your best transition ever. Nice to meet everybody. Uh, my name is Dylan, Dylan Doe. You can call me Dildo. Thank you very much. It's all good. It's all good. What are we talking today, Keith? Uh, well, today we're going to talk about a couple of things that we saw. Um, and let's go ahead and get it started because it is a Marvel heavy episode so today we're going to commence by talking about the finale of moon Knight, available on disney plus six episodes starring oscar isaac and ethan hawk taking us into the world of mark specter the last episode dropped chad what did you think about the last episode and the entirety of the series of moon Knight? so you know we saw episode five and six since we've talked last and I haven't been feeling this series that much. I did like episode one and I, I liked episode five. Those are my two favorites. I really loved episode five, um, but I wasn't feeling episode six was fan. It, it was completely fine. It, it didn't blow me away or anything like that. 
the series as a whole really did blow me away. It is my least favorite of the Disney Plus MCU shows, gotcha. uh, probably by a wide margin. You know, to the point to where even all the other shows, if if they have a season two, like you know, one division is a different story. But if they had a season two of one division, I'd be on board. Season two of Hawkeye, I'd be on board. Season two for all those, if they had it, I'd be on board for it. Moon Knight, I really don't even care if they come back for a season two. Honestly, it was damn. Like the show's fine, but I mean, it is. It's just it just didn't catch me. It didn't grab me. I mean, I said Oscar Isaac is incredible. Nothing you know to do with him. His performance is awesome in it. But I'm just not. Uh, just didn't feel it. Didn't, didn't feel it. Well, so Chad is judging this show as if his name was Amit. Uh, Rob, what about you? What did you feel about Moon Knight? Jimmy cracked corn and Chad doesn't care. I mean, it's terrible for him. Um, <laughs> um, I liked it more than Chad did. But again, yeah. we talked, I think, last podcast. I, I kind of went, I like this, but, you know, in the great scheme of things, where does it fall on my on my list of the, of the, of the there hasn't been that many more, you know, shows on uh, Disney Plus yet, but it's, it fell near the bottom, just above, you know, what if. Not that I didn't like, and I liked all the shows to some extent. I liked, I liked this show more than Chad did. Um, I think I'm falling a little victim to uh, that, that guy who wants everything to make sense in comic books, but they don't. So I'm a little, I'm beating myself up a little bit. I like the show. Um, I think part of my review here is going to be a little similar to my Doctor Strange one, where it, I think as an individual show, I enjoyed it. I wanted there to be a little more reflective of the previous things. I wanted there to be a little more tie-in. I know that sounds strange talking about Dr. Strange, but we'll get to that a little later. Oscar Isaac's great. I thought the cast is great. I think one of the benefits uh, Marvel has is because of their success and their high profile and the quality that they make, they can they lure just great people to work on shows. Yeah. And um, I, I think there, sometimes I think the... Uh, Thank goodness they get such great people because they it does elevate the material a little bit. Um, this I thought this was an enjoyable show. Um, I, I thought the last couple episodes were unpredictable in a sense. You just didn't really know what you were going to get. You got the one episode where they were just only in the insane asylum, which was very emotional, and you saw them sort of seeing the uh, the origin story a little bit. Um, um, I enjoyed the last episode. Um, they really they 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 did some nice teasing of of the third character. I thought it was. I think it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I I would happily watch a second season. I, I hope they do do a second season. Um, um, but I enjoyed it more than Chad. Keith, what'd you think? Yeah, I enjoyed it more than Chad, but even by liking it in the slightest, it appears that I enjoyed it more than Chad did. I, I think uh, it was fun for me to watch. The fucking last episode has a kaiju battle in it. And that's really what more do you need out of a television show? Also, Layla as the Scarlet Scarab, super awesome. That was fun. She was badass. Very, very attracted to her. Doesn't remind me of any of my exes, which shows a, a negative in, in my uh, exing collection. That sounded weird. Whatever. I'm tired. <laughs> very weird. Yeah. <laughs> Sound like a serial killer now in my collection. You're the collector. All yeah, of a sudden. Exactly. Um, I, I, I liked it a lot. I had a fun time watching it. I do feel at times it was lackluster. I wanted the end to have some of those beats and those moments of it. I, I wanted those to be a little more earned. The fact that he 
in the end decides not to kill on it and it's all about choice i felt like that was just rushed and especially for a time when choice is a huge part of the political conversation right now um that could have been a really nice kismet of a moment to drive home if that had been explored a little bit more but that being said too one of the things that i walked away from realizing is that all of the other mcu shows have had a definable context to them for example one division is about the tropes of a sitcom right and then dealing with grief through that falcon and winter soldier is a political thing it's it's an action buddy lethal weapon sort of political aspect loki is doctor who but in the mcu this there's nothing i can really say specifically this show is trying to be or is and because of that lack of identity i feel that at times it's all over the place and maybe even that could have been the identity but i think we strayed away from it too far and more so i feel that moon knight was never really a character i understood well mark specter and stephen grant i did i get that they're all the same person but Moon Knight in the suit was never a character to me. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Where you, you knew Daredevil in the Daredevil suit. You experienced him. You felt him. Yeah. Moon Knight was almost a, almost a cartoon figure in the suit. There wasn't a lot of communication through the suit. No, I get that. I was thinking about that a minute ago, how I, comparing the two where in Daredevil, you saw Daredevil more than you saw Moon Knight, but often it was it was he wasn't in the Daredevil costume. And I was trying to figure out why I was so much more connected. And I think you just felt you experienced him through the suit in Daredevil, like Bruce Wayne you experienced through Batman. I didn't necessarily experience Oscar Isaac through the suit. I, I mean, I, I, maybe as much as I wanted to. I, I Again, I'm just sort of I'm trying to feel my way through why there was that little bit lack of it. Now, there was, there was very little of Moon Knight where there were higher percent in Batman, there's more Batman than there was Moon Knight. Moon Knight in, yeah. in Daredevil, there's more Daredevil than it was in Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. And and maybe maybe we just didn't have enough time. There just wasn't enough time to experience. They didn't give us enough of him to kind of really bond with him the way we bonded with the other personalities. So uh, it's an, it's an interesting point. Well, I think you know with Stephen specifically, when Stephen was in the suit and it was like the dress suit, Moon Knight, I kind of did get a little bit. Yeah. Of yeah. Stephen coming through. I mean, he was cracking some jokes, you know, and things like that. And he was not as um, with it as the proper Moon Knight when it's yeah. Mark. And I think that's part of it is the fact that, you know, Mark was kind of more stoic. So when he's Moon Knight, you know, he's kind of stoic. He's not really saying anything. But I definitely agree with you, Rob, that we didn't get enough Moon Knight. There wasn't a lot of Moon Knight. Obviously, that's by design as far as that goes. But Keith, you, I feel like. I didn't think about this till you said the word. I, I think the series as a whole was lackluster. I think you nailed it with that description. It, it was lackluster. And it, and it wasn't just because we didn't get Moon Knight five out of six episodes. It was just, I don't know. I just, yeah, lackluster is the perfect word for it. Well, I, th- I think to me, to, to harp on this idea again, really quick about the suit thing, it's like we are so ingrained to every time we see a superhero suit up, there is a change that happens in their dynamic and how they treat everything. Batman is different than Bruce Wayne. Even with Peter Parker and Spider-Man, Spider-Man, he has this fake confidence. And you could argue that with the Mr. Knight persona, even Steven gets a little cockier, right? Um, but I felt with the Moon Knight 
which is supposed to be our main persona, I would suppose. We don't get that. I, I don't get any delineation of what makes this different than Mark. And even if there was something there to, to point that out and say, unlike all these other superheroes, when he puts that suit on, it's just the job. He's trying to get through the job. Then that would have been fine. I would have been cool with that, but we never explored that. So for me, you know, there are times when I didn't feel as connected. And, and that's one of them. And most of the times I didn't feel as connected was when Moon Knight was on screen. When it was Steven and Mark, I was there every moment. When it was Layla, when it was Khonshu, you couldn't find a more fucking perfect casting for Khonshu than F. Murray Abraham. And I feel like Ethan Hawke, I'm surprised there's scenery left because he chewed it so much. It was so well done and he did such a great job. And I think the show made some valiant efforts to bring that particular comic book run to life in a very creative way that feels different than what the MCU has done before. But my big problem is that every now and then I was reminded I was watching television by the fact that we get to episode six and we're supposed to see the, the, the mayhem of Cairo. We never leave one street, right? We, we see only six people in the background and it's like, Oh fuck. That's a TV show. That that's a small budget. And I, and I recognize it because as a filmmaker who never has money, that's what I fucking do too. But I wanted, you know, some of that spectacle because we were building, we had giant gods and that was cool. Amit was awesome. Khonshu was great. I've never been so excited to hear someone scream hippo, but like I, there's elements of it. And as high as the peaks were, every time I felt we were culminating to something, a small disconnection would bring me back down. But overall, moments like are you an, a su an egyptian superhero i am like that's why the show needs to exist and i'm totally fine with that um i uh, i'll watch it if they do a season two but i don't think they're going to yeah and that's my thoughts anybody else have any other thoughts about it i was gonna say he's the character's great and i think again they plant these seeds so they can use these characters in the future i think part of the fun is okay i didn't really like the eternals but i, I look forward to some of those characters showing up down the road you know, you may not like this show, but I think we can all agree Oscar Isaac is good as the character and in better writing, better handled. I'd like to see that character interacting with other characters that are you know, have come before him and are yet to be uh, introduced. So it's fun that we know that those things are now in canon right now and can pop up at any given point, which I think oh, it just makes makes the future unpredictable and kind of fun, you know, in a way. So absolutely. I, I, I think, too, part of what phase four has been with the MCU is planting all these what seem like disparate seeds and whatever gestates will gestate. But they don't have to be as connected as they had to be phase one through phase three. Right. Shang-Chi, Black Widow, Eternals, Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, they all seem to take place far away from one another but each can develop into its own storyline that we follow. And that's kind of interesting and cool. And I feel Moon Knight fits into that because it does feel disconnected from one division, but Loki feels disconnected from all of that too, as does Falcon Winter Soldier, right? Um, so yeah, like fucking Moon Knight has a Godzilla fight happening over Cairo and turning back the night sky and Bucky fixing a boat. Like, like that's what's happening in the MCU. But, you know, it, it brings up a lot of interesting stuff. But maybe I'm just looking for, um, you know, the shining light in this. But speaking of things that shine, this is a weird 
moment in an otherwise dull podcast. Rob watched something that I think is new. I don't know. He texted us saying the word Shining Girls, Apple Plus, sci-fi thriller. And I don't know what that fucking is. I've never heard of this show. We've never covered a trailer. I don't know if he watched Golden Girls and was scared because of the idea of women living together frightened him. Um, but Rob's going to talk about Shining Girls on Apple Plus. Rob, before you go, I just I want to interrupt and say, I think Rob has changed his medication or something because we text, you know, behind the scenes about the stuff we're going to talk about. Rob never replies ever. He immediately replies that the stuff that he's seen, then adds stuff to it, then replies to other texts, group texts about the podcast. It's a new day for Rob Prago. Absolutely. This is the last podcast we're doing. Clearly <laughs> he's yeah, going to leave down. This the is the culmination of any podcast. Um, so, started watching the show on Apple Plus. I'm a fan of Elizabeth Moss. I think she's a tremendous actress. Uh, what the hell is the other guy? I just forgot the other guy's name is Buck. Uh, it's a. Uh, 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 hold on, let me pull up. Uh, I, this is why we have to watch it as well, Keith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm gonna tell you. I, I just forgot his name. I, I, oh, uh, Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. Um, oh, Elizabeth, Moss, Elizabeth Moss. Jamie Bell. Apple Plus did a show based on a book, uh, supposedly a, a, a very popular book I, I'd never heard of called Shiny Girls. Um, it's a thriller. I thought it was going to be a straight police thriller. And five episodes are out right now. I don't know how, how long, if it's a six episode or a 10 episode season or whatever it is. Um, fascinating story about a girl who was attacked uh, and left to die. And she survives. And it turns out she wasn't meant to survive and that the killer... And this is not a, it's not a spoiler, but it's a spoiler podcast. Jamie Bell is the killer. But it turns out, out of a fucking blue, that he is a guy, and we don't know why yet, but can travel through time. And is killing people all along the time stream. And what he does is he takes, he takes an item from one of the murder victims, and he moves it through time, and he leaves it inside a murder victim in a totally different, different time period, where it couldn't possibly happen. And it's fascinating. And we still haven't got to the point how we know how he's traveling through time. But she survives. And because she didn't die, for some reason, her world keeps changing. Her reality keeps changing because she's not meant to be alive. And her existence keeps changing the realities of her existence that only she's aware of. Um, it is fascinating if you like, first of all, a good thriller, good acting. But it turned out to be this bizarre thriller sci-fi show that I think you would dig. I didn't like the first episode. I was like, what is this? And then episodes two through five have been really tightly written, tightly shot, and just an interesting ride. I, I couldn't believe all of a sudden I'm in another multiverse type. Well, that's what it feels like as, the, as, the, as her world keeps changing from moment to moment. And it's very well handled. It's, uh, I recommend it highly right now on Apple+. Plus. Um, you can binge the first five episodes. Did I explain that well at all? It's just because they haven't revealed a lot of the information. I just know, um, interestingly enough, he was a military guy back in like World War II and something happened that we don't know what. Manhattan Project, I'm wagering right now. Yeah, could be. Could be, yeah. When you say he's traveling through time, Rob, do we see it, that in the sense that do we see him like 50 years in the future and then maybe the Old West? Or is he just traveling Not through time? Not that far yet. Not that far yet. Where we've seen him so far, 
you, you can't really tell that the time is that much different. Really, you see him with with a talking to a younger girl, giving her something, and it turns out that's the girl later on in life that he kills when she's thirty or thirty-five. So it's kind of like a he, Doctor Who rules. Exactly. Doctor Who, he can go anywhere in space and time, but he really yes. likes London in the current time frame. That's that's exactly. where he is. Yeah, and it's and he can go when he realized something happened. He can travel back in time to rewatch what he missed and why that happened. But because Elizabeth Moth is not supposed to be alive, it's screwing up the world as he's trying to exist in it. It's it's fascinating. It's really done well. I don't know all the answers, but it's it's one of those things. I'm like, I just want to know more. I want to know more. Apple Plus does some high quality stuff. I'm a big fan of this uh, streaming service. I also don't think it's called Apple Plus. I think it's just Apple TV. I've got the Apple Plus version. I upgraded. It's Apple Max. I got the Granny Smith Apple Plus. It's nice. What I got, by God. Shining Girls. So, yeah. So, Golden Girls. Watch Golden Girls. Shining Girl on Macintosh Plus or whatever. (laughs) Watch it on my Macintosh. (laughs) I'm excited to be. And and, and I love Elizabeth Moss. She is, you know, she's a, a, um, a little firecracker as they say but so is the protagonist of another film that we're going to be discussing at least chad's going to be discussing it. he watched it right before the podcast and that is a new Ooh, paramount uh plus release i don't know everything's got oh, plus peacock. peacock right peacock plus whatever so it's universal, so it's universal. Yeah, peacock plus yeah, universal <laughs> plus release of the stephen king adaptation starring zach efron and that's firestarter plus uh chad tell us about firestarter it wasn't that good. I mean, it's moving it's, on. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's fine, but you know, it's boring in parts. Uh, I I saw the original so long ago that it's really hard for me to remember enough to even compare the two. Uh, but the middle, yeah, it's it's pretty slow in the middle. You know, there's some. I had some uh, Logan vibes. And the fact that it's kind of like uh, Zach Efron is protecting this young child, you know, uh, on the run kind of. So there's some of that. But, yeah, it's just it's, it's not that great. But I will say, though, that the special effects are really good. You know, it's, as you guys know, it's kind of hard to do fire with special effects. That, that's yeah. a, a tough one. And I, th- I think it looks great. I, I do think that the fire effects look good. And the special effects when she's shooting it out of her body or what have you, it looked that stuff looked good. It's fine. You know, I guess, you know, if you like Stephen King, if if you maybe like the original, check this one out. It's free on Peacock Plus, but otherwise, you know, I'd pass. Okay, cool. No, no worries. Uh, I like, I, it's been a long time since I saw the first one, but I remember liking it, at least, you know, at, at the time it came out, yeah. it was... It was something to behold. The book was great. I don't know if you guys read the book. The book was tremendous. Yeah, I, I like the fact that... Um, you seemed like you were going to shock us. Like you could like expected us not to know it was based on a book or something like that. Like I could hear that in your voice, but I also like the fact that when Chad was trying to make a reference to, you know, it's, it's like one of those classic stories where a man's protecting a child. Yeah. There's dozens of classical references of that. He's like, Logan, he knows his audience. He knows who he needs to speak to. I'm really surprised he wasn't like, and then Grogu starts a fire. Uh, no, pissing me off, the, I thought the actual trailer was good. I saw the trailer for this. I was like, see, I hated the trailer. I thought it was pretty good. I was like, this might be a pretty good version. And then the movie sucks. So, yeah. 
See, I thought the trailer looked cheap, but I, I'm interested in it. I only vaguely remember the original. I watched it, you know, way too young. Um, but I like Steve. Oh, it was based on a book. Oh, a book, you say? <laughs> a book, I say. Uh, that's like a He's long... He's so proud, too, that he read it. He goes, I read it. Don't know if read you guys it. have it. Yeah, I don't know if you guys read. <laughs> I read the cover of that book. Readers, readers are leaders. You guys should read more books. When I was a kid, I only read if they gave me pizza for it. But that's that's a little uh, millennial. Good incentive, though. Good incentive. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of horrific horror films, I watched a horror film as well. I watched the Shutter exclusive. I think it's a Shutter exclusive, at least, called The Twin. Um, and it sucked. It wasn't that great. No, I mean, it's fine. It's it's a movie about a couple who loses a child in a car accident. So they move away to some weird pagan community in order to overcome their grief. But maybe things aren't what they appear to be. My problem with this film is that it telegraphs every twist and turn that you expect to have coming. Like you, you can see it. 10 minutes before it ever arrives but then once they actually fulfill it they make sure to show you oh this twist here's how it played into all of those scenes you saw before and it's like i oh you'd be much more clever if you didn't have to do that you know what i mean the 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 feeling of the movie the atmosphere of it totally fine that works the uh Direction of it seems totally fine. The main male actor, and I don't care enough to look up his name, it's fucking terrible. Rob probably knows him. He probably is Rob in disguise. I don't know. Um, but the, the actor who plays the husband is just god fucking awful. Um, and the movie feels like an amalgamation of... I don't know, Rosemary's Baby, The Omen, uh, Whatever Happened to Bunny Lane, like all of those movies meshed into one blender, but just not executed as well. And, and the reason I, I, I dislike this movie so much, not because it's bad, but just because it, it disappointed me because you could have done more. I, I disliked it to that degree so much that I didn't want to even bring it up, but there's a giant billboard for it in Atlanta. And I've never seen like shutter exclusive billboards or anything, but like even on YouTube, they're advertising this one. And with all of the Shutter movies that are good, this is not the one you should hinge your bets on. It's um, it's just not an enjoyable film. So if you get a chance to watch it, punch whoever gave you that chance. <laughs> um, a reference to a movie called you said whatever happened to Bunny Lane? Is that what you said? Uh, Bunny Lake or something? Was it like Baby that? Jane? Was that whatever happened to Baby Jane? Uh, no, that that's the one with the the Bunny Lake is missing is the name of the movie I was thinking of. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Um. And if you're familiar with that film, it's a 1965 British American psychological drama film directed and produced by Otto Priminger. Um, it's a great, great movie. The The twist is the same in, in both of these films. So, um, so yeah, you should watch that movie. Uh, the, the, the old one, not the fucking new so this one. This was not, the twin was not Schwarzenegger and DeVito. This was not that. No, that would have been much better if Arnold was trying to cope with the loss of Danny DeVito. In some Finnish, yeah, that'd be great. Um, but speaking of sequels, let's go ahead and talk about one that's filled with madness. Uh, that's right. Director Sam Raimi returns to the world of superheroes and Marvel specifically to bring us the next 
chapter in the adventures of Doctor Strange, and that's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. All three of us saw the film. I saw it with Rob, unfortunately, and uh, he ate all my popcorn. Uh, Chad, what about you? Did you have a popcorn grubby hands diving into your bag? No, I typically don't eat at the movie theater. I don't like to be distracted by anything. So oh, Jesus Christ, that was the most hardcore thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I beheaded a snake. I don't want to be chewing. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. Somebody's opening up a candy wrapper when I'm watching a movie. Oh, oh my gosh. I just want to punch him in the face. But <laughs> so this movie, I was a victim of my own expectations. I was too hyped for this movie. Yep. So let me get this out of the way because Keith likes to twist my words sometimes. Listen to me, Keith. I like this movie. So remember that later when you say, I clearly Chad movie. didn't like Are you talking about Doctor Strange? Are you talking about a different movie? Are you playing board <laughs> games with me? Yeah. I'm talking about Doctor Strange. I like the movie. But I definitely was a victim of my own expectations because it was not as good as I was hoping it would be. It, I, I enjoyed it. There was a lot of stuff I liked about it. You know, I think I talked to Rob about this earlier that, you know, for example, if Tom Cruise would have been in a superior Iron Man and he would have been killed immediately. I would have been fine with that. I, I'm fine with the Illuminati kind of being cannon fodder. That does not bother me because they're not my Illuminati, if you will. So, so I'm fine with the fact that they, they show up, there's some cool cameos and they get dispatched. That's fine. I loved when Professor X showed up and it played the uh, X-Men cartoon thing. Yeah, that was super cool. But the I just wanted more from the Illuminati not necessarily that they get killed but just the people you know who it was I will say though spoiler Black Bolt's death is one of the best deaths I've ever seen in any movie it was incredible incredible and I watch a lot of horror movies and that Black Bolt death was awesome yeah it, I loved it so much it, it was worth it just for the way he died it, it was so cool and I, I feel like that uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen was, was great as Wanda and yes. being the badass. Uh, to me, she was the best part of the movie. Absolutely. You know, she, she, I mean, it might as well have been called, you know, Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch or whatever, because she ruled that movie. She was awesome. I loved her as the bad guy. I always like her in the comics, too, as a bad guy, because she's been the bad guy several times, you know, for several different reasons, specifically for her kids not being real. You know, she's turned evil for that before so i do like that I, I do feel like that there's no way that uh she's done unless the actress wants to be done you know otherwise her character is not not done in the mcu by far but this is my hot take about the movie i do feel like that this was too sam raimi it was too much of sam raimi to me it, it got a little uh, evil dead goofy and like i like evil dead but i don't necessarily like it in this doctor strange world uh as soon as he put uh the dead doctor strange away i was like there's no doubt we're seeing that hand come out of that later on in this yeah. movie 100 percent. yeah zombie strange is coming back to life but so i had some problems with it more so it was my ex expectations going in though so, but Keith, to reiterate, I did like the movie. So, Rob, since Chad hated the film, uh, how did you feel about Doctor Strange? That's stupid. Jackson, yeah. You don't care about anything. 
miserable. Um, Chad reminds me of me. Um, well, oh, okay. no. similar to Chad, I, I was, I am a, I am a victim of my own expectations. I am a victim of listening to the schmucks on YouTube, which makes me a bigger schmuck. Definitely. What did Obi-Wan Kenobi say? Who's the greater fool? The fool or the fool who followed? I followed the fools and I'm the greater fool is what I am. Um, did I like the movie? Yes. As an, I liked the movie. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what Chad said. It was, it was very rainy, which is fine. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say it was the multiverse of madness, though. I would say it was a couple of multiverses of, ooh. I mean, I, I don't know. It was, there wasn't enough multiverse. There was, what I hate is, they fuck, we zip through like nine multiverses in like 10 seconds when they're falling. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like being at a food tasting where you just, you get like a little bit, just a taste. I want to spend some time in these worlds and I want to see the differences. We were only in a couple of worlds and it wasn't a whole lot of them. And the differences weren't that tremendous. Um, that drove me crazy a little bit. Um, I, you know, they went full on. I think they overpowered Elizabeth Olsen a little bit. I mean, she was literally completely invulnerable. Um, and um, I just, what am I trying to say here? It, just, it was, it, it didn't feel, I feel like it was just disconnected from the rest a little bit of the, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I had a problem with Cumberbatch and the stakes. I felt like he was just playing it cool the whole time. I think one of the problems with some of the movies right now is I think everybody, these characters in the, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so used to shit that happens is nobody's really playing the stakes of what's happening. The sky is spinning and people are like, oh, the sky is spinning in Moon Knight. And, you know, people, monsters are all over the city and people are like, oh, monster. Look at, oh, that's kind of cool. Let me, what's going on here? And I didn't, I never felt the stakes from Cumberbatch at all. I, I just, I, I felt he was more, he was, he, was, he was more emotionally available at her wedding at the beginning than he was at any time throughout the movie. I'm not, I'm not talking about the, uh, the variant Dr. Strange. I'm talking about our Dr. Strange. I just never felt he was worried. It was, I, I felt he was a little silly. I felt he bought way too much into Sam Raimi, Evil Dead, that tone, sort of a Bruce Campbell character. To me, I don't think he was Cumberbatch at his best. And that, that bothered me a little bit. Um, because so, the stakes weren't high enough. Um, what is my problem here? Well, I have so many problems. Uh, what no, I, have some other notes here. I have some other notes. Don't even get started I felt like the movie. the movie, I felt like the movie was somebody's dream. You, you know, I, I felt like he literally, he could have woken up at the end and going, oh my God, a bad dream I had. I had this terrible dream about Wanda. It felt like a weird ass dream to me. Um, so it was a little disconnect. That being said, Outside, it, by itself, I enjoyed it as a Sam Raimi movie. It was fun. But again, I was a victim of my own expectations. I'll tell you what bothered me. I saw, I saw an interview, a quote from an interview the other day. Sam Raimi, was, they, were, they were asking him about WandaVision. And he said, I never watched it. I started, they showed me a couple of moments that they said were important. Fuck, do you sh- how do you direct this movie without watching WandaVision? Well, that quote's Shut up, Keith. Awesome. Don't, don't retort Chad, moving on. <laughs> Just kidding. That quote's also been taken out of context. He's, We're out of context. He said they asked me not to watch WandaVision. They would only let me watch they? Disney. Would you ask them? I don't think so. None of us That's what them. he said. Hey, and Sam, so, we don't, we'd rather you not watch it. Well, he said that 
his words were they didn't want to influence his overall aesthetic to allow him to do whatever he wanted to do with the film, which I totally get because I feel ultimately, unlike you fucking miserable schmucks, that this was a great film. And I feel like this movie, more than any other movie that the MCU has ever made, is a game of just the tip. Because we're going to see how this feels. Because we're taking a director and letting him go all out in his style to see if you can handle it. We are now taking horror elements and seeing how much we can put in this movie before we hit that line where audiences are no longer interested. And this movie feels completely different than the MCU uh, has up to this point because it is so fucking Sam Raimi, because it is so fucking horrific at times with horror elements even to the degree where he pulls this great carpenter trick where when they're in that water tunnel and the water just starts slowing down but the audio keeps at the regular pace and it's a move that he uses in the fog like nine fucking times but it's awesome to see Raimi employ it there because he's using all these horror tropes to say hey can we cross over that threshold into these different types of films also Fuck Rob's points. And here's why I say fuck Rob's points. What a mouth on this guy. He's filthy. The language is terrible. He's a curse of a storm. You really need to change the rating from clean to explicit on uh, Apple. There was a rating? We were on Apple Plus? Oh, God. Um, (laughs) The idea that that Benedict Cumberbatch played Strange cool the entire film is kind of the fucking point. That's the whole argument is that he thinks he's the only guy that can solve the problems. So he feels he has to be the one that takes control no matter what until he's proven he can let the reins go. And that's what solves the problem at the end of the day. Also, some guy saying that this doesn't feel as connected to any of the other MCU properties. It is one division season two on that screen. I also feel that the whole idea of the multiverse of madness is not about the madness of the multiverse, but that the multiverse is caused by the madness of Wanda that she has gone bonkers she's gone insane. And so all these people talking about her, her motivation seems so inauthentic. Fuck, she's a crazy person. That's who the Scarlet Witch is. And she's being influenced by a dark book of demonic magic. That's the madness that she's a willing book? to Based on a book? I read a book. Yeah, there you go. Um, to me, I, look, my erections were the biggest. Your erection? Wow. Yeah. When they mentioned <laughs> the Baxter Foundation. Oh, my That's, God. Love that. That's cool. When they dropped the 616, it's not the first time we've been called the 616. But I got a was- question about that, Spider-Man. by the way. I got a question. Yeah, he heard a YouTube thing. But go ahead, Keith. Okay, gotcha. We'll, we'll address it. I like, feel like-, like Rob knows about 616. He's never, please. Yeah. I have a Mysterio question. <laughs> I have a Mysterio question. I feel like Rob is our grandfather who just keeps watching Alex Jones and we have like, no, he's not. Frogs are gay. Birds Uh, are real. I mean, before my head's going to explode. How the fuck does Mysterio know it was the 616? Did he just take a lucky guess? No. So uh, according to the MCU, all these other people have already addressed it as 616. So in Thor, The Dark World, Stellan Skarsgård character already refers to it as 616, but he cites somebody else as having come up with that name. So all these other crazy crackpot theoricians that believe that birds aren't real are already calling it 616 within that universe. They just happen to be right across the universes, which is the problem, because we get 
the name 616 in Thor Dark World. We get it in Loki. We get it in uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And, we, and we get it in this one. So multiple versions of that. The Watcher also calls it 616 and what if. So I'm just saying. And what's funny about it, too, is the fact that the comics that we read is 616. But in the comics that we read, the movies are 10999999. Exactly. It's it's different. So I'm not like, whatever. I'm not a fan of it being called 616, to be honest with you. Yeah. But like, it's to me, like, I don't care as long as you entertain me. And the fact that the fact that Professor X rolled up not only in the chair, not only with the theme music, but his tie was the same as the cartoon. The fact that his mind did the whoa, 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 thing, the fact that he was able to go into his astral plane and like that looked like an X-Men cartoon more than it ever did an X-Men comic book. It, it looked like it was taking right out of that page. I loved the fact that Captain Carter was a badass and they played up her size in practical ways that looked so realistic. But to fucking get Anson Mount back as Black Bolt and to say his full name, no matter how ridiculous it is, to get the stunt casting of John Krasinski in here as Reed Richards and give the fans what they wanted. You know, I think Marvel is at this place where they are the top dog, unquestionably but they're never going to be able to fulfill everybody's desires and fantasies. So they're competing with themselves and their own legacy and their own ability to pull off surprises. So to me, I enjoyed the fuck out of this because it was, you know, right before the movie started me thinking based on the trailers, I have no idea really what I'm going to watch. I don't know if Wanda is the bad guy or if strange is the bad guy. Let's just be surprised. And because of that, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I, I, would it have been cool to see Iron Man in it? Absolutely. Would it have been cool for Peter Hooten to reprise his role as Doctor Strange? Super. That would have been fun. But it didn't happen. Cool. What I did got, get, I liked a lot. Unlike some schmucks on the fucking hey, I, For some reason, you took it out on a snake. I don't understand that. Would you I, the poor snake. Man. Ugh. It, it, it's all okay. Um, you know, I'll say again, that my, I enjoyed the movie. I, I just I may need to see it again with all, without those expectations, though, which I will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it might be different when I watch it again, kind of already knowing, but I will say my daughter, she's a huge MCU fan like me. She said, hands down, this was her least favorite MCU movie. She liked this less than the Eternals. This was her least favorite MCU movie. She liked this less than the, she, she was not a fan of this. So it's funny though, you know, going to, going to the movie, she said, Hey, she's like, dad, I think, uh, I think Wong is probably going to die in this movie. What do you think? And I said, mm, I can see Doctor Strange dying in this movie. The opening scene, when we see the other Doctor Strange, and the look on his face is clearly the shot where he's about to die. Yeah. And I leaned over and I was like, nailed it. <laughs> Absolutely. He freaking died. But I do want to ask you guys, because I thought this should have happened, and I think it would have been better. And I don't know why they didn't do it potentially, is in the other universe – or universes that Wanda would dream about, we never saw Vision. Yeah. And I just think at the end, it might have been more powerful if when she, seeing everything that she's done, that's when Paul Bettany from that universe maybe walks in and he is with Wanda of that universe, of the body she took over. And it'd be even more powerful. But I'm just really surprised with all the people they got, they didn't bring in vision 
I think to me, the reason behind doing that is that by not having Bettany show back up, Wanda gets to play both the antagonist and the protagonist because it is Wanda who stops Wanda, right? Like not through fighting, but through saying they're going to be loved. I'm going to take care of them. And so you're still showing that she has goodness in her somewhere in case you ever want to use her again in a heroic role. Plus, I feel like they didn't do a great enough job of pointing out that Cthon was messing with her or whatever, if that is the case. Yeah. Um, so by having it be Wanda talking to Wanda, and more importantly, her seeing the fear in her children's eyes, which is kind of the snake experience I just had, sometimes that can let you know you're a monster. You know what I mean? You're like, never coming back from that, Keith. You never can't come back Dude, I don't feel like I am. I just killed the Illuminati. So I... Like, like to me, I get that. I would have loved to have seen Vision, but I also feel that it takes some of the gravitas away from Wanda herself. Because I think, you know, a lot of people <clears throat> will complain <clears throat> that we don't go to enough multiverses in this, which we're only ever in one multiverse. There are universes that we're going to, <laughs> but that's just semantics, whatever. But we go to like 24 of them. And I feel like even if we're only passing through a couple, Nobody needs to stay in Delaware. Just keep fucking going until you get where you need to go. But I think more importantly, for even for the such a broad spectrum that the movie tries to go across, it's the same as uh, one of my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movies, Signs. Uh, Signs is about a global, huge event, but the story is about the characters moving this much. And that's exactly what happens here. That even for a story that feels so big, it's it's small in its scope and, and it's about characters realizing I don't have to be in charge all the time, or I am a monster. The end, you know what I mean? I think you're reaching. I'm curious as to why you pronounce it multiverse, not multiverse. What is the, what is the correct pronunciation? I think, I think it gives you something to emphasize the multiverse, the multiverse. Bro. Am I saying multi or am I saying multi? You're saying multiverse. You're really hitting the eye. <laughs> um, really hitting the eye. I was going back to what something Chad said earlier. He was worried about Elizabeth Olsen. Um, she just signed like a seven, picture deal with them to come back so okay she ain't going anywhere i'm just heard to kind of like you know complain a little bit like i can't do the movies i want to do because yeah, i heard that too i'm you know locked into these marvel movies so i just i just didn't know if it was like maybe she doesn't want to be part of the multiverse yeah maybe but if the multiverse comes multiverse out, she's all played you know to ross point you know in uh across the spider-verse or whatever it's into the spider-verse there's a lot more multiverses in that and No Way Home, of course, has more. So, uh, But I feel like in those movies, you don't exit our universe. We stay in our universe and other things just come in. You know what I mean? Yeah, this they definitely just they come to us as far as that goes. But yeah. I think Rob just really wanted to stay in that paint universe like for 30 Absolutely. more minutes. It's like this is the moment. It's tough to eat there. That's what they were saying. Like it's, yeah. I wouldn't want to be there. It's hard to, it's hard to eat the paint first. Yeah. I, I yeah, one other thing, too. I, I read this. is one, one guy's comment or something about uh, Just Bruce Campbell. Comment. He said uh, he wants to petition Marvel for Bruce, Bruce Campbell to be the new Stan Lee cameo and have Bruce Campbell. Oh, that'd be I love that in an interview prior to the movie's release, Bruce Campbell was talking about his cameo. And he's like, yeah, I, I did it, but it's a very important character. It's a seminal Marvel character. And I, I fucking like, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out who he was going to be. Then I watched the movie like, yeah, clearly Pizza Papa. Pizza That's Papa. Pizza Papa. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But I love that that it's the whimsy that is Sam Raimi the entire time. Like, I feel this is the single most Sam Raimi movie out of any Sam Raimi movie because he gets to do Looney Tunes anytime he wants to. There is a classical music battle in the middle of this movie. and that I did like that battle a lot. That was cool. But that's so Steve Ditko, so Sam Raimi, so, like, everything. You know what I mean? I feel that Sam Raimi's movies operate best when he gets to tap into his playfulness and they almost feel like those silly symphony cartoons you know what i mean um that it's just these musical numbers of pratfalls and all that stuff and i i, I dug that a lot uh you assholes got anything else to say about dr strange before we go yeah, into- I, I enjoyed it. it was good i want to see it again it was just again going in that's, that's the bitch of expectations too i mean there's so much information out there and i can't seem to isolate myself from it so i get all giddy and excited yeah. um with all that's <laughs> terrifying noise you made um Cool. Well, let's go ahead and move on to trailers. Coming soon. Coming soon. So uh, this week, you know, there's a bunch of exciting news happening out there. A, a bunch of unfortunate cancellations of a lot of CW shows. A lot of things are being shaken up there. We do have a new doctor. Uh, the new Doctor Who is uh, a Scottish man. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name, but he was a, uh, a refugee from Rwanda who moved to Scotland when he was two years old and now has become the Doctor, which talk about a fucking story of rags. That's a hell of a journey. That's, that's incredible, yeah. So um, super excited to see uh, what that's going to be like and, and wish him the best as he takes over this monumental character. But speaking of a monumental achievement... Prior to Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, a trailer dropped that we've been waiting for for 17 years, and that is Avatar, The Way of Water. Um, So, Chad, what did you think about this trailer for Avatar 2? You know, I've said this before about some trailers. This this trailer didn't show us anything as far as story or anything like that. It was just a tease. You know, Avatar's back, guys. Check it out. Um, It was fine. It didn't blow me away or anything, but, but I will say... Uh, even though it's kind of like the cool thing to shit on Avatar, the original, I enjoyed the original Avatar. I liked it. I'm looking forward to Avatar too. Um, so I'm on board for this. What I heard though is when the trailer premiered at one of those cons or something like that, uh, they gave everybody in attendance like 3D glasses. Yeah. And they said that the 3D in this movie blows away any 3d you've ever seen more so than they said throw away the 3d of the original avatar it looked so immersive they said when they're swimming in the water it looked like you're in the water with them and when you're walking in the jungle it looks like you're in the jungle with them so apparently if you go to the right theater with all the stuff it's going to be a, an experience so oh, i'm looking forward to it for sure awesome uh rob what did you think we saw it at the beginning of a. Uh... You know, the opening of Doctor Strange, and it was it's pretty to look at. Yeah, I, I didn't get a whole lot from the story a- at all. Um, you see the family, they're together, they say family's important, this will be my home, yada yada yada. I get it, it was beautiful to look at. I felt like I was looking at a commercial for the Bahamas in a way. It was just beautiful water, and everything's great. And I was like, that's pretty. I did hear though that that trailer in 3D again, just drags you into it. And that's the effect is people who saw the trailer in 3D in the theaters just had a completely different experience. Will I watch this movie? Yeah, I'll go see it in the theater. I, am I dying to see it? No, but I'll, you know, I'll see it. It'll be fine. Yeah. 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 I mean, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't give a shit. Like the first Avatar, fine. I don't, I don't think I've watched it since it was in theaters. Um, but don't get me wrong. It's James Cameron. James Cameron could take a shit on film and it's going to be the most amazing defecation that's ever passed through bowels, you know? So uh, the man has probably the single best track record of any filmmaker in history. So like, I'm, yeah, I'll watch it in 3D. That sounds cool. I don't think I've seen a 3D film in like 10 years. So oh, well, for me, I, it may have been Avatar the last one. I don't even know. Was the last one you saw? Friday the 13th, 3D. Don't. <laughs> I saw that. Um, no, that is a great one. The, the scene where he's feeding the rabbit is my favorite part of that movie. Um, I like the yo-yo right in your face. The yo-yo yeah. is pretty good. The, the little spear thing that goes straight at your face, yeah. too. That's good. A lot of book, good stuff. The arrow. There's a lot of great um, gags in that. Um, we should just make a 3D movie that's not actually 3D, but we shoot it like we think it's going to be in 3D. <laughs> that's awesome. That's pretty clever. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, see, Rob, that's why I'm here. So I got the clever stuff. Uh, uh, okay, write, write that down. Take a memo. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Avatar, The Last Airbender, it's on Netflix. Watch it. Um, now we're going to, uh, before we wrap it up, a couple of sad, depressing uh, passings that we have to talk about. Uh, the first one is um, for, uh, well, two of them are, are comic book legends that passed away this past week. Uh, and the first one is Neil Adams. Uh, Neil Adams, a legendary illustrator who is iconic for reinventing what Batman looked like. Um, a great loss to the creative community. Secondly, George Perez. Um, George Perez, another comic creator, uh, most famous probably for his work on uh, Teen Titans, maybe Wonder Woman, did a lot of Batman stuff as well. Uh, very responsible for the way Nightwing looks and the progression of that character. Uh, George Perez, um, about a year ago, was diagnosed with uh, a cancer that they said was inoperable, and he elected not to do treatment. Oh. Instead, just let it run its course, and sadly it has. Um, so uh, again, a great loss, uh, within that community. And, uh, lastly, Fred Ward, uh, an actor, uh, who is in a ton, a ton of things. Uh, Trimmers uh, is obviously what I grew up watching him. In. I loved Remo Williams. I mean, that, for some reason that movie was one of those small movies that kind of fell through the cracks, but yeah. what a, just a blast. What, what an interesting and it's in the right stuff. I mean, he did a, he really was a, I was a big fan of his. Yeah, Me too. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'll say, you know, with uh, Tremors as well, I'm a huge fan of yeah. that series. So I'm, I'm a fan of that. But back to George Perez real fast. I met George Perez at a con one time and uh, he sketched, I have it uh, in my basement, uh, Scarlet Witch. Oh. And it's awesome. It's like, it's the my favorite sketch I have of all the, all the comic book creators I have. As you know, you know, you said he's famous for these things. He's pretty famous for Scarlet Witch too. That, oh, that's one of his main creations, wow. Wonder Woman, Scarlet Witch. The, you know, those are, Huge. So, yeah, yeah, can't say enough about either one, you know, those comic creators. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and you know, with, with all three of those, with Fred, um, George, and Neil, they both are huge names within their respective worlds. You know, Fred Ward was an actor who worked constantly. Yeah. And he might not be one of those A list actors that you instantly know his name or recognize his face you've surely seen him in dozens and dozens of films. He's been a part of your life, uh, always as a professional actor working the craft. 
And the same thing with Neil Adams and George Perez. If you've picked up a comic book, you've either seen their work or seen work that was derivative of the things that they created and the influence they wrought within their industry. So, you know, great losses um, across the board. Rest in peace to all of those guys. Um, so uh, our thoughts with their families. Anything you guys want to add uh, in your pessimistic views on cinema or anything like that? Top Gun. You guys excited about Top Gun? I know you can't, are. Can't wait to shit Maverick, on it in a couple weeks. Maverick. Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> baby. The only way I'd be excited if it was a crossover and it was Top Gun meets Maverick, the Wild West thing that they did with Mel Gibson that was based on like a TV show. If that was the crossover, I'd be fucking, I'd be there for that. I thought you were going to say Maverick from the X-Men comics. I would love if it were Maverick from the X-Men, <laughs> but nobody remembers Maverick from the X-Men. I love him. I thought he was cool ass character. Was German? Yeah. Was he German? I don't remember, but he, you know, he's part of like the Weapon X program. So. Yeah, he has the mask on all and stuff like yeah. that. Character. So we no, got that, and uh, we got Top Gun. Obi Wan coming. Obi Wan's coming. Yep. Who? What? Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, when does that start? Twenty seventh. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, it looks good. Wheel. The production value looks good. It looks like a movie. I mean, it looks like it yeah. looks. The production value looks amazing. Chip and Dale comes out pretty soon. I haven't watched a single fucking episode of that Halo show. I know, either way. I've watched the first episode. It, it was fine. The, the, there's a battle at the beginning that's really good. It's incredible. But oh. then after that, it's kind of like, yeah. eh, it didn't like grab me to make me watch more. Yeah. Moon Knight is in that episode as much as he's in a few of the episodes of Moon Knight. <laughs> nice. Burn you. Burn you, Marvel. Oh, Zing. yep. You got him. You'll you never work Zing. with him again, Rob. Ooh, Marvel. Zing. I do want to point out that when Rob sends the invitations to do these Zoom calls, and when we're in the Zoom call, we have the labels for our names. Mine says Keith Brooks. Chad says Chad's. Rob says guest teacher because he's stealing this account from somebody because <laughs> that's what he does. But when he sends out the invitation, in the email it says, Thanos invites you to this yeah that's what it says and i like how do you know, how do you know thanos didn't invite you to this yeah how you can't know? say no to that yeah touche touche i agree I, maybe maybe i didn't send out the invitation maybe thanos wielding the glove sent out the invitation he'd probably only invite half of us i would assume maybe maybe this is <laughs> zing burja <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Well, as that joke rings in, <laughs> Keith is going to go back to the multiverse. Oh, we're going to go back to the uh, universe and uh, go, 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 go. Pay penance to the snake. You yeah, I'm going to go bury that snake. Uh, so, and that's not that's not a euphemism. I, I, a snake was playing with my rabbit today, and actually, also not a euphemism. <laughs> no, God, all of it sounds dirty. I can't describe anything animalian without it sounding. Just terrible. Alpha, that guy. Just, uh, I've been watching the murder she wrote. I sound like Rob. I'm on episode four, season one of Murder She Wrote. Catch my episode of Matlock. Yeah. Don't forget that. Jessica Fletcher, Matlock. whatever her name is. Yeah. She's Karen. She's an old school Karen. She's she gets the hoot. everybody's business, man. She's a golden <laughs> girl. She's a shining girl. She's she a shining girl. I don't think she's a gold girl. Well, she's probably like a platinum girl at this point. She outlived all the golden girls. That's fucking crazy to think about. What's huh. what's after a cougar? She like a she's a saber tooth tiger. Saber tooth, saber tooth tiger. Yeah, saber tooth tiger. At this point, she's sure. like a she's up there, man. She's literally she's a crypt keeper. She's in the film Gaslight 
which is where we get the term gaslighting from. She's in that movie, and it's insane. It's her first movie. It's more, you know. You what about it. somebody who burnt their rectum when they were gaslighting? Why would it be about rectum? I think you went to a weird. Yeah. Yeah, Somebody setting lighter. their fart on fire. That's where Rob. Fart lighter. No. Get a fart lighter, Keith. <laughs> My Irish accent that he taught me. Get a fart lighter, Keith. Please don't tell people I taught you that. <laughs> fart lighter. Keith Brooks, a horrible accent I did. Taught to me by Keith Brooks. I gave approved approved by Keith Brooks. All this, this accent. Knowledge if you want an accent like that, this accent Brooks. is approved by Keith. I approve this accent. <laughs> Lucky charms. That's Rob's arms. Arms. Well, to be sure. Chad, uh, if the people wanted to find you after this offensive uh, slight to the Irish community, where would they find you? I'm on Twitter, Chad129X, and the podcast is on Twitter, NQC Podcast. Awesome. Rob Pralgo, who has a shitty Irish accent I don't approve of, where can the people find you? I'm at uh, Twitter at Rob Pralgo129XXX. Facebook, I'm at... uh, Rob Pralgo one two nine triple X. Um, it's where I'm at, man. I'm on uh, I'm on GoldenGirls.com all the time. Uh, it's triple X as well. Trying to find him uh, a date. And, uh, it's what I'm at there. Um, I'm gonna go help Keith bury the snake. If you know what I mean? What? That's weird. Gross. Fuck you talking about? Jesus Christ. All right, and don't uh, don't forget, uh, wonderful listeners out there. Rob will be lined up. Outside of the movie theater, still waiting to see Thor: Love and Thunder. So, if you get a chance, bring him some Irish clothes. Open last week, didn't it? We gotta go check that out. People have already tuned out of the podcast by now, so it doesn't matter. You're assuming they tuned in. What the hell are you talking about? Talking about your dad. He left ten minutes ago. He's like, "What is happening here? They went off the rails." His dad only listens to this to fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) He takes his melatonin and puts on the podcast. He's out. Oh, just, that's why we had to do this episode. Mel was like, "Can you hurry up? I haven't had a sleep, a good sleep in a week." <laughs> Gotta go have a soup and sandwich. What soup and sandwich? Thank you. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> Not quite cool is a podcast recorded in Atlanta, Georgia, in conjunction with Actors Teaching Actors and Bean Dip Productions. Thanks.